Hello and welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine and uh, I'm here all alone, but that does not mean this podcast is just going to be me because uh, I have tried doing that in the past. Oh my God. Uh, if you're annoyed with, with me and my voice, just imagine how much more I am. Uh, but instead, I've got it's a special podcast. Um, uh, there's not too much, or at least on Monday when I was planning, there wasn't too much uh, Minnesota United news going on. And then all of a sudden, uh, so I, I made plans this week uh, to, to do a special podcast. And then all of a sudden, Ozzy Alonso to Minnesota United uh, news came out. And um, uh, what was the other one? Oh, the schedule came out. Schedule, I guess we could talk about, but you know, in the end, it, it you're just kind of looking at dates saying, oh, that'll be fun. Uh, it, it does at least make the, the upcoming season a bit more concrete, so I'm excited about that. But Ozzy Alonso, you know, we've been talking about a number six. We need a number six. We need a killer. And we, you know, we signed an actual axe murderer. Um, uh, Ozzy Alonso is a, a 33-year-old uh, Cuban <clears throat> Uh, and he, um, you know, has been a killer for, uh, Seattle Sounders. Now he's coming to Minnesota with, um, what Paul Tenorio reports is some sort of weird MLS fake rule thing. Um, sounds like an average of 65 K six or 650 K per year, um, over two years, which sounds to me like maybe he makes 800,000 this year. And I don't know, I don't do math 500,000 the next, um, but that's, I don't know. I see some mixed reactions out there. I'm very positive about this. I think that uh, it's very hard to find established good players, uh, or great players even, um, and you have to pay money for them. That's that's just the the fact. And um, this team needs more players like this who are they're they're going to be paying a premium for, um, not just DPS. <clears throat> and so. I'm excited. He played 27 games last year. He's had some off and on hamstring problems. Uh, so, you know, I think if we can get 50 plus games out of him in over two years, that's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good investment to allow us to then bring in, you know, maybe Greg Oosh is going to work out, but he's going to need a little time. You know, Schuler needs to up his game. We probably need another central midfielder uh, to bring in. We've got Colin Martin, who uh, obviously needs to up his game this year. So I, I'm I'm feeling better. I don't know about you. Uh, um, it seemed like the the Twitter poll I did, people felt pretty confident. Uh, we have the draft this week. Um, I don't have high hopes for it, or or like it'll be fun. I, I was planning to go there, but I've, I, I have uh, bar duties I have to attend to. Um, so anyway, this podcast is not going to just be me talking. I should say I'm talking to Adam Bells from the Scuffed Podcast. We're going to talk about the U.S. men's national team, uh, talking about the January camp and what we're looking forward to. Adam is kind of an expert in youth, uh, U.S. youth players. That's what the Scuffed Podcast uh, looks at. So I'm really excited to hear from him. Um, and then uh, just a, a couple notes. Um, this week uh, we've got uh, um, uh, the the kind of um, cup games going on at, at the black heart of St. Paul. Um, you know, I'm recording this on a Tuesday, so you're probably not going to hear this to come to the, uh, Spurs Chelsea game, but, um, uh, you know, on Wednesday, we're going to be opening up early at 1:45 for the man city Burton game. Come on Burton. 
Um, and then uh, this weekend, uh, 9 a.m., we're going to have Liverpool on in the back lounge. I'll, I'll put up signs and, and kind of let people know. I, uh, I'm allowed a film crew to use the main part of the uh, bar that morning, so we'll, we'll do it, a special thing in the, the cocktail lounge. Um, so, yeah, please check out on Twitter. That, that's where I'm mainly putting up when, when games are. I love seeing people out there. Um, and I'll stop talking now other than to say next week, July or January. January 17th uh, at 8 o'clock, the next podcast we do will be a live podcast with uh, um, the Daves I know. And so it'll be in the cocktail lounge and it'll be fun. So come and heckle and, uh, you know, it's fun to watch uh, David Zeller drink live and and use obscenities. Um, So looking forward to seeing you guys out there. I may have another special podcast for us later this week, but... My schedule got weird, so I got to make sure I can get them, and I don't want to overpromise. But thank you, everyone. And uh, here is the interview with uh, Adam Bells. All right. Well, I am uh, so pleased to be joined by Adam Bells, who is is one half of uh, the Scuffed podcast, which is uh, weirdly based, partially based in Minneapolis. And um, Adam, I think I, I probably told you this, but uh, um, when I heard you guys and heard about this podcast, I was like, how do I, how is there a soccer podcast in Minnesota that's like well-regarded that where I just don't know these people? And then I realized that you and I had met. We know each other, and, and, yeah. And we've watched soccer. You just you have your um your, you know, secret identity that you use, which I guess I already said what your secret identity is. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we met at a we met at like a brunch with a lot of small children too. Yeah. 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 It was just like friends of friends, and then you know it's like you meet friends and uh and and you get introduced and they're like oh this guy likes soccer too and you're like all right cool. How you much see everybody else later, soccer. two hours later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, um, uh, thanks so much. Tell me, give me the, the, the brief history of where Scuffed came from. Where, where did you guys, where did this podcast come from? Well, I'm obsessed with the men's national team and I was watching a lot of soccer. I was paying attention to a lot of young players who were up and coming and I had to find some way to justify that investment of time. So I started a <laughs> newsletter and the newsletter was just like the podcast, very much a niche product, but it, it was very fun for me to do. And that just sort of evolved into a podcast. I guess that's the short version. You know, I'm, I'm really clear, curious about this idea um, uh, because there, there was that uh, article um, who, who published this week uh, about uh, millennial burnout. And uh, how, how millennials always feel like they have to be working. I love the uh, the concept that because um, it, it's it's very similar to the path I followed. Of of I'm obsessed with this thing. I should probably justify it in some way so that I'm not just some weirdo. But a podcast allows like um, uh, a podcast or a newsletter allows right. weirdo to become some sort of uh, you know t- you you get moved up in the social ladder. So. Right. So, yeah. Even if there is, even if there is no financial remuneration, there is some social capital with it. Yeah. Know? I, I get to write more things off on my taxes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and social capital. Right. And then, and then someone, for some reason, because, uh, because your microphones cost enough that, um, you somehow 
have importance or something like that, or that your opinion is any better than than other other dumb people. But you, you yeah. guys have uh, have the the real niche that we'll talk about, uh, you know, later in in the interview of um, not just U.S. Uh, men's national team, but like U.S. Y- youth products. Uh, um, and uh, so I'm I'm really curious um, with. You know, we'll talk about that later. With with very little U.S. or Minnesota United news, um, I was like, "Well, what are we going to do here?" So why don't I just let's talk U.S. Uh, January Camp Cupcake? And um, I've wanted to get you on the show, and I I feel like it's a perfect chance for um, listeners to kind of get um, turned on to a better podcast, and uh, also get just get more voices, and you can like do a preview because I'm I'm sure that you're going to be recording your own podcast so you can just practice all the ideas here and, and then by the time it's your podcast, you'll, they'll be better. <laughs> that is how it works. We recorded yesterday, so I've oh. already practiced. Oh, great. Perfect. Then, then we get the, the, the finished project. It, it'll be like a, we'll do, we'll, we won't go as in depth, I'm sure. So we'll just do like a little bits of uh, tapas or something like that. Yeah, Tapas sounds perfect. And I'll be yeah. plagiarizing my co-host Greg's ideas too. Oh, so that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Since he's probably the smarter one anyway. So he is, uh, indeed. <laughs> uh and, and so um let me start with this. January cupcake or camp cupcake is kind of always MLS heavy or or completely MLS players because it's a long uh training camp throughout the month of January. Um, and, and so you also get to see all these fringe players brought in who get a look and, and, you know, I can't remember half of the players who were brought in last year. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, what, what do you look for in this camp that is obviously so different than, you know, preparing for the gold cup or qualifying? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is just seeing a Greg Berhalter coached national team, whoever the players are want to see some fluidity in possession, some solidness in defense, things that we didn't have um, towards the tail end of the Sarakin era against good competition. Now we're playing relatively weaker competition at the end of the month, the beginning of February, Panama and Costa Rica. They're not pushovers, but they're teams that we should be fairly comfortable playing against, even with perhaps fringe national team players on the field. So uh, that's the you know, I think that's the headline. It's not a, it's not rocket science. Like, what's what's a Burhalter coach team going to look like, and how how is he going to be able to prepare the team to play his way? Like, his way is supposed to be um, concerted effort towards possession and good defensive shape. Is he, we're going to get to see? Is he able to uh, set that up and get it to look pretty good after two three weeks in training? Because if he's not able to, how's he going to do it in five days in March right. or you know, uh, a couple weeks before the Gold Cup? So um, that's interesting well, to me. I guess I should I should step step back and to say, give me your uh, what level of excitement or uh, happiness with the the Burhalter uh, announcement did did you have? I I'm I'm happy. I'm a I'm a solid six on a scale of one to ten. You know, okay. I think he's. I think I don't think. I don't think the U.S. men's national team coaching job is a is a choice position in the by the perspective of global soccer. I think he's about as good as we could hope for. We need somebody who's committed to the program and who and the fact that he's a former U.S. international is 
is good, you know? Don't you think? I mean, what do you think? Where do you stand on I, I mean, and, and listeners to this podcast know that I um, I love Greg Berhalter. I'm very upset that he is not Minnesota United's coach because I have – I've been on the the Burhalter train for years now, um, and yeah, I think that um, you know, the, as you mentioned, the biggest tough part for a national team player or coach, as opposed to you know a, a team where you're coaching them week in and out, is um, you can have a lot of ideas, but you don't get much time to instill tactical. Um, nuance. You have to you have to come up with a very simple plan that people can jump into. From you know they're playing a three five two every week, and now they're jumping into a four two three one or whatever. Like, can they easily slot in and know what you want to do? And that's a that's a big test for any any coach. Um, and, and there's a reason why some coaches are better national team coaches than they are club coaches. But I I love the man. I'm I'm uh, genuinely attracted to him. So uh, <laughs> you know I just. I'm I'm a a Burhalter stan. Um yeah, so I, I, you know back to back to the um uh just to, just who was brought in here I guess then who who surprised you coming in or or didn't surprise you or I guess w- when you look at this list of of players uh anyone stand out? I guess uh, to answer the question I think surprise I was a little surprised that the young center backs brought in Austin Trusty, Mark McKenzie, and Justin Glad. I'm glad to see them there. Um, uh, I'm, I was surprised though. But to sort of answer the question, I wish you had asked. I'm the thing. <laughs> the thing I'm most interested in in this roster is the the battle for the number six spot because I think uh, the indications we're getting from Burhalter is. Or that he's going to set the team up in a four-three-three. I don't know if this is too wonky for folks, but a four-three-three with two a two eights, two number eights, sort of advanced mm-hmm. box-to-box midfielders, and one holding midfielder. I, I'm hearing that that's likely what he's going to do. I mean, there's no guarantee, but that's likely what he's going to do. So, if that's true, which it may not be, but if it's true, then then. We've got the three guys who are likely to play that number six spot, that lone holding mid spot, are all in this camp. Russell yeah. Knauss, Michael Bradley, and Will Trapp. And it, it does look like this January camp is going to be a battle between those three to see who gets the job. If, uh, if Michael Bradley starts the game against Panama on January 27th, it seems like there's a good chance he's going to be the starter in the Gold Cup. And I would say the same goes for the other two. So that's that, that's really interesting. Does that worry you? Um, you know, I, I know there's uh, people who think Michael Bradley won't be there at the next World Cup. So why are we giving him minutes? Why don't we just go fully embrace this youth revolution? Yeah, I don't go that far. I, I I'm kind of agnostic on it. I may may the best man win. I think I think Bradley's a hard dude to bet against. Honestly. Uh, I'd I'd like to see Russell Knauss win that job, but uh, if Bradley's out there, I'll I'll trust Berhalter that Bradley was the better man. I'm not a big fan of Will Will Trap. I like him. He seems like a perfectly great guy, but um, I'd rather he not be the the guy who wins. Yeah. I'm agnostic on Bradley or Knauss. Um, Michael Bradley, you know, is is stands out uh, in this kind of since it's so many young players brought in he's kind of distinctly in this Luke Wilson role from old school where he's you know throwing <laughs> he's like going back and partying with the college kids and as he's trying to get his life back together 
And it strikes me, I guess, that in this metaphor that, um, you know, failure to qualify for the World Cup is like coming home to discover your wife is having weird gangbangs while you're away on business. So that's just to draw yeah. that metaphor out. So is that, you know, he or should there be other kind of veterans in this role? You know, get, get a... Uh, a Will Ferrell in there, and I can't remember who the third guy is in old school, but, but you know, does does that? Do you think that there should be more to to help mentor these kind of young guys? Or I yeah, I don't know what to think of the whole mentor mentorship. That's ship ship with a P as in Peter Pan. Uh, the mentorship idea. It's I, I I just don't I don't know what I I don't know what to make of it. Is it a real thing? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, player, professional sports locker rooms are such a foreign place to a guy like me. Um, you know, you can think about the ways in which a classroom or a workplace or whatever um, revolves around having a tone set. And so that's the way I, I think about it, even though, you know, the, the way it's set in, in a place like a locker room is different. But so I, I kind of... I listen to people, to players I know, and and kind of listen to what they say about how these things are done. And look, Michael Bradley is um, intense and is an absolute leader. And I think that that is the kind of thing that you need for these young players to see. You need someone to set the tone. Um, And then it's just, then the real question is, do you want the Michael Bradley tone has what he's created, the locker room he's helped create. Has that been good? You know, same thing with like a Clint Dempsey. Um, you know, he was uh, undoubtedly, uh, you know, for Seattle, even, uh, you know, a leader. And do you want, is it his kind of leadership that you want? Um, I, I so I do believe in that, that kind of mentorship, but I, I Michael Bradley is such a um, unique type of person in the, the U S uh, setup. Uh, I'm trying to think who the other major veterans are, other than maybe the the goalkeeping veterans like uh, Tim Howard or um, Josie Altador. Is I think does it in a different way. Um, it, is he a is Josie a a kind of uh, leader in the locker room? I've never heard much uh, you know about his role there. So I don't know. I'm 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 but I do believe that a leader like him is needed. Uh, I mean, the, the next most uh, uh, capped player is, what, Kellen Acosta at 23 caps, I think, something like that. And so, you know, Will Trapp yeah. has 11 caps. I, I think uh, I think it's kind of kind of crazy how, how... Oh, no, sorry, Jossi Zardes has 40, so he's a, he's a total veteran. But, yeah, he's a vet. I'll be looking... Go ahead, sorry. I guess Michael Bradley is also only 31. He's going to be 32 this summer. I, th- I feel like he's just been around so long. We think he's this old man, but the dude has plenty of time still le- left in his legs. And he's a, he's an actual robot. And so he can play until he's 80 and then he, right. he'll be decommissioned. But I think it, the, the most important thing for me is like, can he do the job that Berhalter wants that position to do better than the other guys? Yeah. If so, then he should play and he should be, he should be the starter at, at the Gold Cup, probably with Weston McKinney and Tyler Adams in front of him. And um, I'd be I'd be excited to see that that midfield work out. I mean, Bradley took a lot of took a lot of flack for the way he performed towards the tail end of the World Cup qualifying mm-hmm. failure. But you, 
a lot of people forget that he was they were set up to fail by Bruce Serena with uh, that empty bucket. I, I don't know if a lot of people forget that, but some people forget it. It was an empty bucket midfield with Bradley uh, by himself. Yeah. And and then Christian oftentimes Christian Pulisic as the other central midfielder. I don't know. It, yeah, it was, there was a it was reason a the game setup. before the game before it was also it was a five one or whatever. It was because it was set up to be harem scarum uh, crazy uh, and right. and also I mean I guess it just Michael Bradley is a god and I feel like any all respect should be should be given to him. I, I want to ask you about the forwards because this this um, group only includes three forwards officially with Jossie Zardes who who basically. To me, holds the kind of endowed the Hercules Gomez endowed chair of, yeah, he's good, but is he really good enough to be striker for the U.S. men's national team? Right, that kind of role. And then Jeremy Abobasi, who had a, a kind of breakout year in Portland, but even though he only had like five appearances and three goals. And then obviously, um, uh, my best friend in the world, Christian Ramirez, who you know he had his worst year as a pro last year, scoring only ten goals. And didn't make it into the 18 last January when he was called in. So it's kind of a, I don't know, a weird group uh, of of strikers. Yeah, I I don't think any of these guys is in the the top three strikers in the in the national team pool. I think that's uh, some some in some order: Altidore, Wood, and Sargent at the moment. And you know, mm-hmm. depending on how Timmy Weah does at Celtic. This spring, maybe Timmy Way uh, jumps into that conversation. But I am excited to see the more. What I'm most excited to see, and I'm not just pandering here, is Christian Ramirez. I mean, he's he's got that um, in the box knack for scoring goals. Um, that goal he scored for LAFC. Do you remember that one where he he took that pass from Carlos oh, yeah. Vela? I mean, that's a that goal is uh, the kind of goal you don't see a lot of American players scoring. Just incredible technique and uh, and quick thought. So I, I, you know, if he doesn't make the 18 again, I, maybe we just got to say, hey, Christian's not, he's not cutting it in training and yeah, that's it. But I'd like to see him. Ibobase is a promising, you know, promising physical striker. Uh, um, and, you know, Zardes is who he is. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm also a huge Abobasi fan because we thought we, you know, I interviewed him because we thought he was going to be the top draft pick, and uh, and he's you know uh, the wokest player in MLS. It feels like, oh and, for sure, yeah. and uh, and so I I I have a personal love for him, and, and it hurt me to see him uh, um, uh, playing in a uh, in, in MLS Cup final that with someone else, but um, you know he. Again, all of these guys have have something real to prove, which is kind of why we want to watch January games. You know, to me, January uh, friendlies are more interesting than friendlies in October or any other time of the year because, you know, you really finally get to see a Christian Ramirez, right, who I've been championing ever since I saw him play uh, his first game in Minnesota. But, you know, everyone who his, is his champion also has a complete, you know, a very filled out list of doubts about him. And we always, he, often he's proven people like wrong, but you know, he needs to take one more step and prove another group of people wrong. And, 
and that really is you know the the head coach of of the u s men's national team and and you know and people who view him as um a good, not great striker, but uh, you know we'll we'll see if he can do that. Zardes has has often been similar uh, um, in in that kind of assessment. You know, as as I kind of joked that he he's good. He obviously was scoring goals last year, but there's something about him. You know, n- namely his first touch. Uh, but there's something <laughs> about him that just makes people go, sure. You know, come on, someone else has got to be better than this, and which is why maybe. People look to Sargent as the more quickly as as the uh, putting a lot of hopes on him really developing. Well, you know, you watch Sargent play; he can come back, receive the ball, take a couple touches in traffic, and find a pass. And I'm sorry, but Jazzy Sardis can't do that at a, at a high level. Yeah. Can can he can get on he can get on the end of a cross for the Columbus Crew? But I mean, if if the you know if if Zardes can score 19 goals. For the Columbus Crew under Burhalter, think about how many goals Christian Ramirez would have scored. I mean, his his movement on off the off the ball is very good. Um, he works very hard off the ball, and I think in the box, his instincts and his technique are a clear level above Zardes's. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there, yeah, there, maybe there's stuff there I don't understand. But I've always thought if he could be put on the right team that that plays possession soccer that gets people. He needs attackers really close to him, which maybe this four-three-three will do. There's versions of this four-three-three where, you know, if the midfield gets pressed back, then he's more and more isolated. And I think that's really where he struggles. He's he's not great at holding up the ball, um, and he wants to interchange with his attackers uh, with his feet. Uh, he wants to move out wide so that someone can sneak in, and 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 they, he can backheel. You know. Um, Right. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I I think if he doesn't get in the 18, like you said, I, I'm going to be very worried. You know, maybe there's a question about his training work rate, but that's that's I I would just be speculating. I I've never really heard anything more than speculation about why he didn't make the 18 last year. If his training work rate comes up lacking in this January camp, well then that's uh yeah that's curtains curtains right. for his national team work. You know, as as we mentioned, Panama, uh, January twenty seventh. Uh, that's a, a Sunday game at seven p.m. Obviously, that will be kind of on at uh, Black Heart of St. Paul. We'll have that, and then February second is Saturday at two p- two p.m. Both of those will have big parties with uh, the big ass one hundred forty three inch uh, HD screen that I'm nice obsessed with. So, yeah. So now you have a place to watch. Yeah. I've I've been meaning to come over, man. I'm sorry I haven't been there yet. It's it's all the way in St. Paul. I know. I know you Minneapolis people are just <laughs> I know. It's I, I find myself gravitating more to St. Paul as my kids get older, though, I tell you that. Um can can retire. We... Retire to the old <laughs> Yeah, sorry. You you take the reins. Oh well, I just wanted to mention a couple other players before we move on from this. The yeah. um the beyond that that number six spot and and the forwards. The the player I'm most interested in is Aaron Long, the mm-hmm. center back, New York Red Bulls center back. I think he has a chance to uh, surpass or at least challenge Matt Miazga for that second center back spot behind John Brooks, or next to John Brooks to put it more accurately. And I I would it would be very satisfying I think to see Aaron Long start both of these games and really announce himself as a commanding presence at the back I think there's a real possibility of that and of all the players on this roster 
the one the one most likely besides the sixes to to really make an impact i think at the gold cup is probably long second yeah. most go ahead sorry no i'll agree with that i think that you you look at guys like austin trusty and and mark mckenzie who certainly had great debuts to their professional career into mls but austin or aaron is a little bit different that um you see a kind of there's a little less surprise maybe there you you see that kind of um top level he's capable of and and see a potential there that um that it's hard to for me because i don't watch trusty trusty and mckenzie very much um it's harder to see the the top of that uh, potential for him, uh, and so I, I'm I'm excited too about him. I, I've I've thought he he's been great since since he first touched the ball as a professional. It's kind of uh, I remember seeing that and being like, this guy he's got something. That's the he's still that's like the word on him, <laughs> yeah, right? Mm-hmm. That's the word on him is he every level he moves up, he doesn't seem phased by it. He's and actually 26. 26. I still thought he yeah. was a kid. Man. 26, 26 is perfect age for him yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's very calm. He's calm on the ball and he's calm when things are happening around him. He's, he's been, he, he's asked to do a lot at Red Bulls, you know, when they're pressing hard as they were doing in the, at least in the first half of the season, first three quarters of the season, you know, he and Parker are on a, on an Island. So they have a lot of responsibility and he never seems troubled. He never seems troubled by it, so that's different from Mackenzie and Trusty. They're good, they're promising, but you you didn't get that sense of everything is going to be okay that you get when uh, when you see Long back there. Sure, and and then let me just ask you about in that four three three, who do you see on on the wings then? Uh, as as kind of you know, we have a lot of European talent there that you would think about with Wea and, and these guys, but who who of this MLS group? Um, I imagine we'll see Ariola and Baird on the wings, maybe Legette on the 27th. Ariola is, uh, is sort of a known quantity. He's, mm-hmm. he's a solid player. He's a good two-way player. Be nice to see how Burhalter can set him up to be a little more dangerous than he was World Cup qualifying, just personally dangerous from the wing. But I've always liked Ariola, and I th- I thought he was a, a spark plug. He's kind of Bedoya, you know, Alejandro Bedoya two point No, maybe. Yeah, uh, with a little uh, more pa- with a little more pace, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, let me let me just uh, transition then to you know scuffed kind of uh, um, is it, great because it digs into things that. Uh, Parts of, of U.S. soccer that I don't hear about elsewhere. Um, last week, who's the guy you had last week? He's uh, um, the o- one of the only um, uh, U.S. American coaches in Europe, and I'm blanking on his name right now. Yeah, no, that's okay. It's Brian Clarehart. He's a New Jersey native uh, managing New Shopping's BIS, uh, a name that I totally mangled on the podcast. Uh, it's a third-division Swedish club, but he uh, – you know, he made the jump. It's really hard for it's really hard for young coaches in the U.S. to sort of work their way up the ladder. He was a he was a college coach at uh, UConn and then Temple. He found himself doing a lot more recruiting than actual coaching, and he said, "I gotta go. I gotta go coach on the field." And he made it. He made it as an assistant 
in Sweden, and then the guy who hired him got fired, and he got hired to replace him, which was a little awkward for a minute. But yeah, I thought I thought that was a great interview, probably the best we've done so far. Um, when you look out at these kind of, uh, particularly the youngsters in Europe, uh, there, there's the obvious ones we talk about a lot with Weston McKinney, obviously Christian Pulisic. Uh, Timothy Weah, these guys. Who else ha- are you often tracking, uh, and that that are not on my radar or, or or listeners' radars? Who who should we should be thinking about? Well, you know the U the current U twenty side that is going to be in the World Cup in May is is very strong. I think they they have they have there are probably attackers attacking midfielders and wingers. In this age group, who would have started in the last World, the last U twenty World Cup? That's the one uh, that had Tyler Adams and Justin Glad on it, mm-hmm. who aren't even going to make the roster this year. There's just way more attacking talent, and I I would say the two they may be on some people's radar, but um, Richie Ledesma, who just signed a deal with PSV Eindhoven, he's a kid who came up in the Real Salt Lake Academy. He's from Phoenix, Arizona. He's small. He's very technical. He's kind of like a mix of Nagby's ball security and Pulisic's explosiveness on the ball. Mm-hmm. But he also has passing range. You know, he can he can hit a forty yard dime. He can in uh, he can pass in tight space and uh, and he's and he's calm in the attacking third. I like calm players. If you haven't noticed, he's very calm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, and, you're a calm person, so it, it, it fits. Thank right? you. you. Project, yeah. He's, I like asshole he's, players, which is <laughs> fits, yeah. He's I think Ledesma is the is probably, you know, outside of George Bello, um, maybe Serginio Dest, who's another one of the U twenties, he's probably the highest ceiling uh uncapped American player right now. He's really good. And the, and he just burst onto the scene. He nobody had even heard of him fourteen months ago. He got called into a U nineteen camp last January. And work played his way immediately onto the U twenty team. He and Chris Richards both did. Chris Richards is another U twenty who's just got signed by Bayern Munich, and he's he's not looked back. Uh, PSV is the second biggest club in Holland, and he was signed to a pro deal, so he'll he'll be probably making his his debut with their second team, which plays in the Dutch second division, in February. And I'll, I'll be watching him closely. The do other you, one, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. The other one I the other one I I'm really excited about is Alex Mendez, who came up in the LA Galaxy Academy, and now he's with he's with Freiburg in the Bundesliga. He's just became eligible to play with their U19s. He uh, he was he won the Golden Ball at the U20 Concacaf Championship, scored a bunch of golazos, played a bunch of beautiful passes. He's sort of a he's not a very fast player, but he's got a sweet left foot, and he. Every time he touches the ball, he creates danger from the center of the park. I think those those two are the most exciting to me because they are different than what we have currently in the pool. You know what I mean? We don't have we don't have attacking midfielders who uh, who can possess and create. And I and I know some people think Christian Pulisic is that. I'm not so sure of that. I think these I think these guys, if either of them hit, they'll be a, a huge huge benefit to the national team. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean personally, I'm looking at 
guys like Ulysses, Yanez, just just for the U20 team, just because we need more Ulysses in the team. Um, but <laughs> I guess we I go with, um, I want cool named guys, and you can go with talent, but you know, we all, to each his own. Um, uh, my question about uh, the these guys that you're talking for U20s, is there a chance that um, any of these guys stand out in the U20 group? Uh, they play the U20 World Cup, and then they're immediately brought into the Gold Cup squad this summer, or... Or is that uh, kind of a unrealistic? I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I, I asked Tab Ramos the very same question uh, a few weeks ago, and he mm-hmm. said it's to- it's totally possible. The, the U-20 World Cup, if we were to go all the way to the final, which would be an incredible historic achievement for our nation, uh, that would be, I think, five days before the first Gold Cup match. So it's So it's possible to fly a kid back from Poland and – and you know, throw him in as a sub against against a, a Gold Cup minnow at the end of the game. Whether Burhalter is interested in doing that, who knows? Um, well, Adam, thank you for for giving us some of your time. It, the podcast is the Scuffed Podcast. Uh, it, it's fantastic. I'm I'm bummed that I only discovered it a few months ago, um, and it's great to to see you and hopefully. We'll, we'll eventually, I don't know, maybe we'll do some sort of uh, uh, live uh, joint podcast. Uh, Bingo. Or, or Let's something. do it. Yeah. Um, well, the, that Gold Cup game will be a lot of fun uh, this summer. So maybe we can think about that. Or with the U-20 World Cup coming up, we'll obviously um, be televising that at the bar. And so uh, maybe we can do something to, to kind of uh, educate everyone and get them into, you know, what could be a pretty fun tournament to watch, uh, especially to, to get – get us ready for uh, another tournament with uh, the Gold Cup and then obviously the U.S. women's national team in, in the World Cup. So we've got a busy spring and, and summer. Oh, man, it is. Thanks thanks for having me on the podcast, Wes. Let's do all yep. those things. All right, take care. Thank you. All right. Yeah.